When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 159. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. Daddy daycare schooling is in full effect. We actually start, when I say full effect, I'm trying to get used to this routine. And then the school doesn't actually start till the 8th. Okay. And that's going to change completely. Because, like, our days start, like, we, we usually get out of the house at, like, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. School starts 8.30 on the 8th. Like, they got to be on the computer 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So <laughs> I have to readjust my entire schedule that I've just established uh, by an hour. So it's going to be it's going to be difficult next week. So, so far, so good. Next week, I'll let you know. Okay, yes, obviously going to need a little uh, little energy, boost of energy for next week, it seems. Just constant coffee is what is going to happen, I guess. I'm going to have to constantly have a pot burning uh, to keep me going, I suppose. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, today was, uh, I've been back at work for the last two or three weeks now, but today was the first day with uh, students back on campus, and it was just very bizarre it was a weird it was a weird day with everyone back uh it's going to be an interesting semester and i think anyone who works in education or at a school or something is going through the same things that we are it's just it's weird i don't know how to describe it without you being there yeah i i can imagine that i've seen the pictures of my wife like she's taking selfies of like wearing the mask and the face shield and then she's describing to me what's going on I can only imagine. Of course, people in the healthcare industry have gone through this before and have seen this already for a while now. It's just all of us regular people are now seeing it uh, in, in our day-to-day lives when our kids go to school or when we go to work at a school. And it's, right. oh boy, oh boy, it's going to be a, it's going to be something. So, Absolutely. but uh, do we want to talk about Islanders instead of deadly contagious diseases? <laughs> yes, we're going to get into the Islanders who... Yes, they left a sour taste in our mouths after Game 5 last night, but the Islanders are still up three games to two in their second-round matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, we just have a lot of storylines to get through because last time we talked, it was uh, before the series, so we gave a little preview, and now we found ourselves five games in. Uh, your prediction was Islanders in five, which was pretty close to happening, Mitch. You were pretty close. I said Islanders in six, so there's a chance for that, 
tomorrow, which I think we're all praying for now. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. No, I get my uh, wrong. Done. <laughs> dead to me. You didn't do it in five. You're dead. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe you're spiteful and you want to. I there's in seven because you don't want me to be right either. <laughs> no, no. I want I want them to be to win in six. I, I don't want to sweat this out. I don't want the possibility for more injuries as we go into the next series. Uh, no, 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 no. Just like they, they had. Right. I'm also thinking like if they go seven. And Tampa's already decided. Tampa's already waiting. Uh, that means they could start like immediately. Like, look at what happened with with uh, the Avalanche, right? Like, the right. Avalanche went from winning their their first round series to playing the next day in their in uh, in in round two. So I do not want that to happen. I, I want the rest. Right. Absolutely. So let's get into this series, Mitch. The Islanders, for the most part, it, well, in their three wins have played really good hockey in terms of like their style, their brand of hockey. They even got some action from Thomas Grice in a couple of games, one in relief and one starting. So where do you want to start this one out? Um, yeah, I think we maybe start out with like uh, the forwards and move our way back. So we could do forwards, D, goalie. And then I really want to get to special teams because that, yep. that is important for us. Absolutely. So in that forward group, I think the first name that we have to talk about is Josh Bailey. He has been unbelievable in the playoffs. If you are still trying to find ways to prove that Josh Bailey is not good at hockey, I would like you to please put down your phone, don't listen to this podcast, get a spoon, and gouge out your eyeballs because you don't deserve to watch this team anymore because he has been unbelievable for the Islanders in the playoffs. He has five points. Oh, well, sorry, five points in this series. He's got five assists in five games. Uh, yeah, clearly a point-per-game player. Uh, just absolute beast out there for the Islanders. Uh, yes, he makes a mistake or two, like anyone in humanity, uh, but he's still a point-per-game player. He's the best Islander player, not only in this series, but in the postseason because he has, what is it, 14 and 14? Or is it 15 and 14 15 now? and 14. Like, that's insane. That's insane. Um, just Josh Bailey. Yeah, if you don't recognize what Josh Bailey is doing is a good thing, there's a problem with you. There is a problem. You can say like, oh, well, he wasn't good when he was drafted. Huh? And you go like, yeah, of course not. He was not. You're right. That is a truth. What is also true is that he is good right now, which we've said time and time again. It's just you're right. You have to start at Josh Bailey and what he's been doing for these New York Islanders. Right, because you can't you can't possibly ask for anything else. It was, oh well, he's not scoring goals. Well, he scored a big goal last night. Technically, technically he did. However, that was overturned. It wasn't overturned, but it was uh, given to Matthew Barzal instead. So he's got the primary assist on that. Okay, well, fine. Fine. Yeah, I I still give it to him. Like Matthew Barzal was just sitting there. He shouldn't have technically been there, but. He was pushed in. He didn't leave real quick. Whatever. I don't care. It still counts. But because it went off of Barzell's shin, um, they, they gave the goal to him. Even though Barzell was just standing there. It's not like he moved his leg to try to redirect it in. There's all Josh Bailey. Right. Absolutely. And, I mean, Bailey's not the, the only one. There's been, you know, a few Islanders forwards who have been good, as well as I think Anders Lee is the next guy that I'd like to talk about. He has continued his scoring streak in – in this series that carried over from the uh, one against uh, Washington as well. And now he has six goals in the playoffs. That's huge, right? Because 
when we we left the Florida Panthers series, is like, where the hell is Anders Lee? Send out the milk cartons mm-hmm. with his face on it. Uh, and, and he is here. We found him in the Washington series, like you said. Uh, and now he he has three goals in five games in, in this Philly series. He doesn't have to score every game, but three goals in five games is still pretty damn good last I checked. Uh, and that's what you want to see from your captain, to be implicated, not just in the play uh, physically, but you want to see him implicated on the score sheet, specifically a guy who, you know, once put up 40 in a, se- in a season. You want to see Anders Lee do that, and he is doing that very thing. So you're right. Anders Lee doesn't have to score every game. Obviously, we're rooting for that. But with the amount that he's produced and where he's produced from, like he's been going to the front of the net and getting his deflections on the power play, too, which we're going to get into in a little bit more detail, the special teams in a little while. You like the production that you're seeing from Anders Lee. He's doing exactly what you need him to do. Yeah, he's doing Andersley things, and that's why we're paying him that money. We're paying him to do Andersley things. Uh, and while he had a little bit of a, a rocky go in the regular season, he seems to have picked it up in the playoffs. Specifically, again, the power play, where he has two power play goals in this series. He has two power play goals over this season. So, big things from the captain so far. Absolutely. And if you want to make yourself feel a little bit better about the Anders Lee contract, uh, JVR, who's making the same amount as he has, just picked up his first playoff goal last night and was a healthy scratch multiple times in the playoffs. So if you're we're concerned about the Anders Lee deal, it's really not as bad as what people are making it out to be. Yeah, Relatively speaking, of course, because some people are going to go like, well, they still sort of shined it. Like, maybe, but like, what, we're going to lose Anders Lee? And then and then what? And then what? No. It, oh, my God. No, you, you had to. And. Yes, three, four years from now, maybe we're having a different conversation, but comparatively, how it looks versus other recent contracts, cough, cough, Jeff Skinner also, we want to throw him in the mix too. Like, <laughs> the Islanders are actually looking pretty good. It, again, three, four years, maybe different conversation, but right now, I don't think it's nearly as bad as what some people make it out to be. No, that, that's exactly right. Uh, how about Brock Nelson? My man's got three goals, one helper for four points in five games in the series. Like, he... He was not having a great series against Washington, if I remember correctly, uh, but but he has stepped it up big. He, he should really have another two goals here, at least, if not for Carter Hart. Yeah, probably. That's a great point. Um, I, I think Brock has been really good in this series, and the Islanders need him to be. He He's a really steady forward for them. I, I He plays both ends really well. He, he can play on the power play. He can play on the penalty kill. He does a little bit of everything. And I mean, he, he's scoring, like you said, he has six goals. He's, he's up there in terms of he's sec he's tied for second on the team in goals in the playoffs. He's a really big part of what they try to do offensively. Yeah. So when you go through this roster and you look at players, it's hard to find a player where you're like, this guy needs to step it the F up. Like who's on that list for, for forwards. I would, Derek Broussard, and that's it? I would say Jordan Eberle. And before you jump down my throat, let me <laughs> hear me out. So he has... <laughs> I was going to. I, he has nine points in 14 games, which on the surface, not bad. He hasn't scored a goal in forever. It's been a very long time that he has scored a goal. I, I think it's got to be close to 10 games. Let me look now. I, it's just he's got four points in, in this series. And yes, none of them are goals, and he's definitely a goal scorer. But if, if you're looking for anything from anyone, it's for them to be implicated. And 
he is implicated. He's not just great in, in terms of like, well, he's not great in terms of goal scoring. He doesn't have a single one. Uh, he's putting up helpers, which is obviously good. Uh, other people are scoring and he's helping them. Uh, but he's also a, a great uh, F3. Like we saw with, uh, it was it Scott Wheeler, I believe, for The Athletic, who wrote about how the Islanders operate in the offensive zone and how they have the two guys up high and the one guy back to kind of prevent any sort of odd man rushes going the other way and, and really as a support player. And, and Jordan Eberle does that fantastically. Yeah, it, it's it been uh, nine games, by the way, without a goal. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, it's... Uh, I. Uh, it's a little hard. I'll admit, it's a little bit hard. It's not like, oh, he has to turn it on right now. He's been a disaster. But if I'm looking at any forward not named like Derek Broussard or maybe that's it. Like, <laughs> it might just be Derek Broussard. I don't think the Islanders are really like they need a forward to do too much more. Like, if you're nitpicking, I would say the Epperly critique was would be an, a nitpick that you could get get away with. What do you say about the critique of Casey Sezikis, who only has one point in, in this series? I, again, I'm only saying this series because that's what we're talking about. I, I don't know what his stats are uh, after that. It, I haven't really been paying that much attention. I don't imagine it's very high. Uh, what do you say to the critique of Casey Sezikis specifically in this series? Uh, it's been it's two points in 14 games for Sezikis. Um, I don't. I don't think he's been bad. I I, I would say he's been okay. To me, I, I think. I think Cal might be the best on that line right now. Okay, why do you say that? Is that recency bias because of that one play for the no. Derek Broussard goal? No, 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 no. I just, I feel like I notice him on the ice more, and he, I don't know, he, he flies around the ice a little bit more, and he throws the body around. The Sezikis is probably a little bit more controlled and does the things that, he's almost like the Adam Pellick version of the, the forward group. Uh, so I, I think he's been fine. I just feel like I've noticed clutter a little bit more on the ice than Sezikis. That's fair. I feel like Sezikis is playing maybe a little hurt, although I'm sure most of them are. They've all got something right at the end of the season. You hear this laundry list of injuries. They've had months to rehabilitate, so maybe they don't have. But the way that Sezikis plays, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't care if he doesn't have... If he has no points in the playoffs, I don't necessarily care because I don't really want... I don't care about paying Sezikis for points. I pay him to be that effective two-way forward uh, to not not just to put up points, but to keep the puck played in the other end, right? And he does that really well, better than just about anyone aside from like Jean-Gabriel Peugeot on, on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing that really well, right? He, he does the four-check well. He does everything else well. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to get down cases he can throw just because he has, you know, two points in 14 games. I, I don't care. He does cases Zika's things, and that, that's what I care about. I will pay him $3.5 million to be okay with that. Ty, I'll be okay with it if he does cases Zika's things. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like, I don't really have an issue with how his game's been played. It, would I like a little bit more offensive production? Yes, but I don't think... Like, the Islanders aren't desperate for it right now. Goal scoring isn't really the, the issue with the team. Which is wild to think that goal scoring isn't an issue with the New York Islanders, right? Like, going into the playoffs, that was our issue. <laughs> that in the power play, which we'll get to eventually. Um, goal scoring was our thing, uh, was a problem, and, and it is very much not anymore. Like, they have, I'm just doing it right now, 3.20 goals per game, sorry, since since the floor, uh, the Flyers series. Uh, that's fourth in the playoffs in that time. Only three other teams have scored more per game than the Islanders have in that time. 
and you know Dallas and and and, and Colorado is one of them, or right. two of them, I should say. Right, exactly, and I mean they've been they've been good at finding the back of the net, and for the most part, their top guys have begun to produce, and they don't necessarily need you know to, to find goals from Casey Zizekas, who yes he can score, but that's not his his main job. Um, for me, my last forward that sticks out is Broussard, who he hinted at for a little bit. He has five points in 11 games. He did pick up a goal in last night's game. He also was benched for 10 minutes because of a brutal turnover that led to the second or third goal. It was the third goal, the Matt Niskanen goal, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I want, what I want to ask is, do you expect to see Derek Broussard back in there for game six, or do you think they make a change? I... I don't know. I, th- I think they make a change. I, that's a terrible answer. Sorry. I'm going to say they make a change because I, I, I'm sitting at a 55-45 uh, in terms of making a change or not, and it's 55-4 making a change, 45 not. I, I imagine they go with Ross Johnson for game six uh, just to kind of give them that, that physical edge. Not that they were missing that in game five because it wasn't a very physical game, but it gives them something different. And if you're going to bench a guy for 10 minutes – you pro- like he spent more time on the bench that third period than he spent on the ice the entire game. Um, like I-, I just don't see Barry Trotz being like, you did score one after I told you you can't play. Let me get you back out there. Like maybe but that that's why I'm at the 55-45. I think they go Roscoe and, and they they put uh, Broussard in the in the press box. I'm I'm with you on that. And I saw on Twitter some people were talking about. Maybe not replacing him with Ross Johnson, but either like a Michael Dalcole or Tom Kunakel, because mm. he can give you a little bit more uh, on the on the forecheck and offensively a little bit. Um, I'm not opposed to that either. I, I I don't think I I don't think Broussard is back, and the reason why I'm hesitant to say that is because he did score late, so maybe Barry forgives him. But I would imagine, like you said, that he sat for. 10 minutes in between shifts he, he he got punished and I would imagine Barry would say I can get something a little bit different from a Ross Johnson or even a uh, a Tom Kunakel or Michael Dow Cole even if you wanted to go that direction I just don't know if I want to keep running Derek Broussard out there who has struggled getting the puck out of his own yeah that's just it so maybe Michael Dow Cole that's a good point I, I don't see Tom Kunakel um he he played at the start and he has not played since for a reason. Uh, I I just I think he's fallen down the depth chart and it, it really goes. Derek Broussard thirteen forward and then fourteen Ross Johnson fifteen Michael Dow Cole and the, the, this difference or the spread between fourteen and fifteen is a lot closer than we think. No, absolutely, and uh, you know that that for me is the last forward I had a question mark with. Is there anyone else you want to hit on before moving to the defense? No, let's hit up the blue line. Okay, so to me, the standout guy on the blue, there's been two. Uh, the first is Adam Pellick, just because he has been beyond clutch in in his defensive form, just with the stick, very active and very good. Yeah, it's, it's great that he gets to show that off on a national stage for yep. himself. It's not great for us that he gets to do that, uh, because then everyone gets to see that Adam Pellick is really, really good defensively. Uh, meanwhile, it was a secret to most fan bases. No one knew who he was. Like, we could say, like, Adam Pellick, MVP, and they go, like, who the hell is that guy? You talking about the bald guy? Who the <laughs> hell is he? 
Like right. th- that, they had no idea. Now he's on a national stage and he's putting in these performances where you're going, "Oh my god!" That you can't ignore it. You can't. Like, there's no best defensive player in the league. Best defenseman is one, but there's no best defensive player in the league. If there was, he would win it this year. No, absolutely. And I mean, he he just like we said, put it puts on a clinic. He he's been able to shut down the top guys on. You know all these teams, Florida in the games that they lost, or the one game that they lost to Florida, it, it was because the penalty kill was brutally bad. It it wasn't anything that he did at even strength. Yeah, in the in the next round, like technically the first round, Alex Ovechkin did come alive. It, it is Alex Ovechkin. He's yeah. arguably the best goal scorer of all time. Um, and other than that, like that, most of their other top guys were shut down pretty well in that series. And now this round, I mean, Claude Giroux just picked up his first goal of the entire playoffs last night. Yeah, well, Jacob Forcheck, I believe, only has one point yeah. in this series. Um, that's huge for them. No, oh, huge for us, really. Uh, Sean Couturier's put up points. Uh, but yeah, Claude Giroux and, and Jacob Forcheck, two-thirds of their top line just non-existent in the series until yesterday. And even then, Jacob Voracek is still missing. Uh, they sent Gritty out to try to find him. <laughs> Um, but like, I, yeah, man, like he's, and he hasn't, it's just not, not even just now, like Sidney Crosby was a non-factor last year because of Adam Pellick. Like he is a monster on the blue line for them. Again, he's not putting up a ton of points, but two and five games here is still pretty good for yep. a guy who, again, does not put up a lot of points. Uh, so good job by Adam Pellick on, on a ridiculous contract. I can't believe he's making that little money. My goodness. I do, I do not look forward to his next one. I don't imagine it's going to be like $10 million, but like it's still going to be a sizable increase from what he's earning right now. 100%. Obviously, and, and well-deserved for all the reasons we just went through. Right. Uh, the, the next one for me is Andy Green. He has been excellent since coming in for, for Johnny Boychuk. Boychuk's healthy. He is good to go, but as I've said on the podcast many a times, whether the post game here, he's been Wally pipped. This is now Andy Green's job. He is, unless he does something brutally bad, I don't think we're seeing Johnny Boychuk. No, and it gives them the Islanders the flexibility to trade Johnny Boychuk next year. Now, I, I don't know if they they want to do that, but like that six million dollar cap hit certainly needs to go. Uh, not not the player. It's not like I want to get rid of Johnny Boychuk himself. I love the guy. But that $6 million cap hit has got to goes. Uh, and if you can move him and the entire cap hit, good luck, though. But if they can, you can have Andy Green step in uh, and be your seventh guy for a million dollars. Meanwhile, you now have Andy Green and Noah Dobson making less than $2 million while you were paying Johnny Boychuk six. So like that, that's going to be a huge thing for them going forward uh, because of what he's done right now. Like We saw him like single-handedly kill a penalty in game five, right? Like uh, alone. He didn't yep. need anybody else. It was just him blocking shots and taking the puck deep in the other end. Um, just absolute killer stuff from the guy who's you know been around since Moses, I think, based off that beard. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way, right? The the bald head, the very gray beard. It's it's starting to come in pretty thick, and uh, unfortunately for him, he's he's looking up there in age. Yeah, but no, the key addition for them, and you're right, like Johnny Boychuk is in the locker room. You can see him before games, dressed up. He skates out with them, and he's jamming away. Like, he, he's not bothered. Obviously, he wants to play, but he knows, like, hey, we're winning. Why do I care? Like, yeah. I, I want to play, but, like, we're winning. So, I, I whatever, I have to do what I have to do. It sucks, but it is what it is. 
Yeah, of course he wants to get in and stuff like that, but he's a professional. He realizes what's happening, and Andy Green's been great. Uh, Barry Trotz has a tough decision to make with his defensive core because he has, realistically, I'd, I'd go as far and say as nine capable NHL defensemen if you want to include Thomas Hickey. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Sebastian Ajo is the only one who's maybe out, and you're like, ah, he's still pretty good. Like He would still be a fine number six. Yeah, so yeah, you got nine, nine, nine borderline, te- nine and a half NHL caliber defensemen on this roster. Yeah, so definitely for that. Um, I don't know if we can criticize anyone per se. Like, obviously, Ryan Pollock doesn't have a ton of points, but I, I don't care if, if he's not putting up points, uh, but he's shutting down their top players, which is what he does with Adam Pellick as well. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care if he doesn't put up points. He has only one whatever they're winning ish like they haven't won the last game but like whatever they're still up 3-2 in the series I I don't necessarily care do you no not with Ryan Pulak no I don't have any issue with his game The, the one defenseman that I think I could be a little critical of right now is Letty yes yeah, because you don't see a whole lot happening from him like minus two which is the lowest on the team in this series which is incredible uh, and I know minus isn't a, a great stat because it doesn't count power play production, but like, oh wait, no, that's Ryan Pollock. Sorry, never mind. Never mind the plus minus. Thank God, saved myself on that one because Ryan Pollock is a negative two, not Nick Letty. Um, but for for Nick Letty, he's just not getting those rushes in, and I, and I don't know if that's a construction thing or if that's a player decision thing. Like, is it Nick Letty deciding I'm not going to skate this puck up through the neutral zone? Or is that a New York Islanders thing saying, Nick Letty, we don't want you skating the puck up the neutral zone? It would shock me if it was a ladder. Yeah, I don't know. Because there were times in specifically yesterday's game, I remember a time where he got the puck and he started skating a little bit and he tried to make a pass out of the zone to someone in the neutral zone and it was way out of his reach and it ended up becoming an icing. It was like, dude, you could have just like skated a couple extra feet and you would have exited the zone and be fine like it just seemed like he, he's panicked a couple of times and made a, a bad pass yeah I, I don't I don't get how this isn't working for him right like he just he doesn't see the fit or he doesn't seem to fit and it's not to say he's a bad defenseman we've seen him be good uh be a good defenseman but like it's just not working under Barry Trotz it seems uh, and we're seeing that in in this series where like he's indecisive, like you said, in the neutral zone, which seems weird because that's his strength, being decisive in the neutral zone, lugging it in, you know, yeah, lugging it in, gaining the zone. Uh, I wouldn't say he's great at dumping it in, and, and maybe that's the thing that doesn't fit with how the Islanders work, where they they dump it in uh, more than than most teams, uh, and maybe that's just it. It just doesn't fit with him that way. Yeah, maybe. That's the only that's the only thing that I could really think of. That's a good point. So, like on the blue line, there's really again, there's not a whole lot to criticize for this team. There's no one really to criticize on this team. Like, there's a few players where you're like, oh, I wish you could have picked it up in that specific game at that specific moment. Mm-hmm. But overall, there there really isn't anyone to criticize. And then when you get to the goalies, forget it. Like, there's a, there's a game where you can criticize a goalie on a goal, and that's about it. Exactly. So we're going to take our first break right now, but when we come back, we're going to get into the goalies and how both have been phenomenal for the New York Islanders. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson talking New York Islanders hockey with you. Let's get into those goalies, Mitch, because both of them have been really good. And uh, let's start with Semyon Varlamov, who has started all but one game. He got pulled in game 
two, but as we mentioned in the post-game show of the Game 2 broadcast, um, really only one of those goals you could really put on him. The other, uh, Nick Letty got put in a body bag, and the the first was a, a weird tip or something, right? The first, no, the first one is a really good shot by Kevin Hayes. Yes, thank you. Yes. Just off the rush, over the shoulder, goodbye. No, exactly. So he gets pulled. Thomas Grice comes in and was excellent in, in relief in game two. But even in, in last night's loss, I know technically he was on the hook for four goals, but did you think Varlamov played bad? I didn't. I, I really didn't. Like, the, he kept them in it for a, a lot of it, right? Like, um, his angling was good. His puck, his, his movement was good. Uh, I, I wouldn't blame him on, on any of those goals. I'm just trying to remember most of them. Like, the, the Claude Giroux tip, absolutely not. Maybe the Matt Niskanen shot, but, like, that that shot had eyes, just like the Kevin Hayes one. Uh, and I'm trying to remember their two other goals. The OT goal, whatever, it's an OT goal, like... It could happen from anywhere, and it doesn't really matter. And I forget who scored the first one. Who opened the scoring? Um, right? Like I can't remember that goal at all. Giroux. at all. Giroux. Was it the Giroux goal? Okay. It was well, Giroux. Oh, it, was, a... it was Giroux. JVR. Right. JVR was on a two-on-one. Yeah, that's what it was. And like, good luck it, it, to me. The play on on that two-on-one was Ryan Pollock should have. Now that I remember, I can get into yeah, yeah. In detail. Ryan Pollock should have done the R two L two, or is it L one? Let me do I think it's L one. Yeah, L one R one, and just lay down on the ice and just block block the pass. He didn't. It finds JVR and in. Like you can't really blame Varlamov for that. No, no, you can't. And. You know, as for Thomas Grice, again, he came in in relief and then was excellent in his one start, uh, ended up allowing two goals. But his save percentage in this series, in his two games that he's played, 949 save percentage, 1.68 goals against average. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, three goals against uh, over the, the, you know, over the two games essentially that he's played. Yeah, like you, that. that's what you want in the playoffs when one guy falters you could put someone else in and he picks it up because it's going to happen like the guy can't be perfect the entire time he just cannot and so when he's not perfect you have another guy to step in and say like i i will be as close to perfect as possible and, and thomas grice was that and more uh in games three and four right or yes. sorry games two and four two and four exactly and uh so i guess so some people are i'm not but some people are wondering who is going to start Game 6 for the New York Islanders. Do you think it is Semyon Varlamov or Thomas Grice? It's it's going to be Semyon Varlamov. I would be shocked, shocked to my core, if Barry Trotz goes with Thomas Grice for, for, in, in an elimination game. Why, why would you do that? Why? Unless it's a back-to-back, there's no reason to do that. Right, I'm with you 100%, even though, again, technically, Varley was on the hook for four goals in Game 5. Have no issue with how he he's played in this series or throughout the entire playoffs. I think he's been you know proven as a number one. His his numbers in the entire playoffs. He's nine and three with a nine twenty nine and one eight five goals against average. I, I don't know what else you could possibly ask for. The, the the game he got pulled in, Barry Trotz didn't even blame him for that, right? No, neither. A- Anders Lee came out in the post game and was like very adamant about, like, we need to be better around Varley. He's bailed us out numerous times in the playoffs, and we were awful for him today. 
paraphrasing. And that's accurate. That is yeah. accurate. That's exactly what happened. So why would he then go like, well, they scored three on him in regulation. Huh. Screw that noise. Give me the German instead of this Russian kid. No, no, that's not what Barry's going to do. He's going to stick. He likes to stick to his guy. He's yeah. not going to change it unless he has to. All coaches do, right? The, the, the one equation that coaches don't like to change is defense. They like to set their blue line, have that steady, steady and stable, and then add the creative element up front where they can change things around. Like they'll play games and not tell you who's going to start and, and, and seed the, the you know uh, sow the seed of doubt. But like, no, it's going to be Simeon Varlamov, and I'd be shocked if it's anything else. But yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's going to be Varley. I'm I'm right there with you, and uh, I want it on the record. I think Varley is going to have a phenomenal performance in game six i think he's going to be excellent i i think the team in in general is going to be excellent like they haven't they haven't lost the game back-to-back games in the playoffs let's just put it that way they've been three and oh after losing uh and have a plus 10 goal differential in those games so <laughs> they're good there's like 12 and 2 12 goals for two goals against in three games mind you right absolutely so uh i don't know about you, but I, well, you kind of just said it, but I, I am confident that the Islanders get this done in game six tomorrow. Um, I do not understand some of the slight panic that we've seen. It was, Twitter is weird to begin with, but it went from waxing poetically about the Islanders potentially doing something that they haven't done in 27 years to going into full panic mode in the span of like 12 hours, which is insane. Yeah, because they lost 4-3 in overtime. Guys, like, and girls. Uh, just, just sim. I, I know we're living at the seat of our, uh, at the seat of our, the edge of our seat, my goodness. Um, but like, let's not like lose it all within a second here. Like there, it's still an, an elimination game. They're still up in the series just because they're, the, uh, what is the percentage? If you're up, you go up three, one in a playoff series. It's like 90 some percent teams win or whatever. Yeah. It's, um, well, the Islanders are 10 and 0 in going up three and one. Uh, I think it's four teams since 2000 have um, come back from down 3-1. Right. So, like, 14 times a team has come back. That means, like, however many times they have won. It doesn't mean that they go up 3-1. They will now win 4-1. That's not what it means. It just means they will eventually win the series, whether in four, sorry, whether in five, whether in six, whether in seven, they will win. Um, So, like, just because they don't win it in five doesn't mean they can't win it in six. Right. Exactly. I'm I'm 100% there with you. And uh, if anything, in Barry, we trust. <laughs> yep. I think he's going to have the team ready to go. I really do. I agree with you 100%. All right. So let's get into the special teams, Mitch, because that has been significantly better for the New York Islanders in this series. We'll start with the power play, which, uh, well, was at a measly 9% after the Capital Series, has now jumped up significantly and has been much better. Yeah, they're operating at a 27.3% efficiency in this series. In this series alone. That's wild. Yeah, absolutely. That's well above what we're used to, A. But B, it's getting their overall uh, power play numbers for the, for the entire playoffs up around 20%, which is uh, much better. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, that's what you want to see, right? Like league average, something around 20%. Like they don't need to be the Edmonton Oilers, but they need to make sure that their power play is at least going to pose a problem to the opposition. Where the, When it was the Washington Capitals, they're like, whatever, we're going to run your guy and you're not going to score because like your power play sucks. Right. Um, so 
with that being said, though, like the Philadelphia Flyers penalty kill in the regular season was not very good. I'm just trying to get the stat here now. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers, where is it? Why can't I? I guess it was better than I thought. Okay, it was pretty good, actually. Their penalty kill was 81.8. I thought it was a lot worse than that. Uh, that's 11th best in the league. So yeah. I, I stand corrected. Yeah, they, they, their penalty kill was pretty good during the regular season. I'll, take, I'll sign up for 81%. Yeah, 81% of the PK, 20.8% of the power play for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, and so we, we know how good the Islanders have been on the on the power play. Their penalty kill is even better in this series at a flat 100%. Yep. They haven't scored a power play goal in this series. Like, we, we talked about it at nauseum in, in the Washington series, right? Going like, oh my God, they can't score a power play goal. Oh my God. Well, we're doing the same thing to the Philadelphia Flyers, and mom's the word on that. They're 100% deficient in five games. That's insane. Yep. It's nuts. It, it truly is. It's uh, pretty incredible stuff that they've been, uh, well, able to pull that off. Because, like we said, it, for the first nine games of their playoffs, they looked awful. They really did. It was it was really atrocious. Uh, like, they're, they're still not great in terms of the uh, the, pe- the playoffs. They're at 79.5% uh, for the playoffs in total. So the 14th ranked team out of 24. Right. But if they keep that up, it's certainly going to trend upwards. No, 100%. Which, obviously, we just want that to keep growing and keep getting better as this thing progresses. And based on what they've done in this series, signs are pointing to that. Yeah, exactly. So... Things look good on, on on the special teams, and so that's great signs for us. Not only because we can our special teams is becoming a weapon now, or at least something to to look forward to, uh, but we're already good at five on five. So there's there's no there's nowhere left for another team to hide. Right, exactly. And unfortunately, we saw the Islanders get taken advantage of of at times in the in the Capital Series because they knew okay they're not going to score on this power play, so Tom Wilson could just do whatever the hell he wants with no mm-hmm. repercussions. Exactly, and that's not the case anymore. No, which is obviously just another way the Islanders can beat you, which makes them that much more difficult to play. Yep, 100%. Last thing for me before we get into uh, the quiz and social and stuff like that, uh, keep this in mind. In the the two games the Islanders lost in this series, they came back from a 3 nothing deficit to tie and force overtime, and then last night they were down 3-1 with four and a half minutes to go. They scored the second goal at the... F- 414 mark I'm pretty sure right that makes sense so like every loss that we have we still came back and tied it and forced overtime so like you can't count this team out at, at any point at any point so it, it, that really just reaffirms what you said earlier as, as far as like people checking out right now or, or maybe not checking out but at least panicking going like but but we've come back before we don't even need to come back right now in this series we just need to play hard again just once just once and we could do that we've done it three times already one more time is certainly in the cards absolutely so any closing thought on the series or are we good i think we're good uh, i don't want to say anything that that could potentially jinx game six i just look forward to seeing what happens on thursday absolutely let's get into the quiz mitch Okay, so like we do every week, I try to get Matt to guess a player who's played a certain number of games for the New York Islanders. Seeing how we're in the playoffs, Matt, I chose someone who's played 159 career games in the playoffs for the New York Islanders. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Clue number one. 
I was born in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, April 7th, 1954. Next. Okay. I have 1,025 penalty minutes in my NHL career. Okay, next. I have seven fights in one season. Four of those were against Terry O'Reilly. Next. I have 697 career points. 697 career points and over 1,000 penalty minutes. Yeah. Born in 1954. 159 playoff games for the Islanders. Bobby Nystrom? Close. No. Okay. Uh, Last one. I was one-third of the Trio Grande. Do you know what the Trio Grande is? I'm going to guess. Butch Goring. So, incorrect. It is Clark Gillies. Oh, so the top line? Yes. Their top line was called the Trio the Grande. Trio Grande. Okay. That's on me. That's that fine. That's on me. That's fine. I know who Clark Gillies is. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I I don't know, want you know them to come is. out of the woodwork and be like, how does he, how is he on this podcast? And he doesn't know who Clark Gillies is, even though he's played 20 years before I was born. I, I know who he is. I know the numbers. I'm not here for the slander. <laughs> no, there should be no slander. <laughs> it's a guessing game. If anyone's like, I would have done better than that. Okay, cool. Let's come on and I'll have you guess something. I will go to town though. So look out. Look out. <laughs> you bested me there, Mitch. I was on a nice little streak for a while, but uh, you, you got me. That's fine. I, I also tried to make this one a little, a little bit harder uh, and kind of hide these things a little bit. I, I didn't want to say like, I had seven fights in 1980. Uh, you know, in, in that one season, because then that, that probably would have given it away. So I tried to make it a little harder there. No, absolutely. So when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's going on around Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary, Mitch Anderson with you. Let's get into the social segment now. Mitch, what do you got for us? Uh, the first one I've got here comes from our, our friend Rob Tobb. Who uh, okay. says this was great, lol? And it's like a, a video of Derek Broussard laughing uh, when Renaud Lavoie asks Matt Martin a question. Ish, it was actually a question for Derek Brassard. Uh who says it all in French, like the question's in full French, and you can see like Brassard go to Maddie, going like, "This for you, buddy." And, yeah, like, yeah. Just dread, <laughs> just dread. Uh, it felt like me and Insecte back in like seventh grade, going like, "Oh crap, I'm gonna get something wrong here." Did you know what the question was? I, I don't remember it. I, yes, but I don't remember, remember it. Okay, completely fair. That's that's a tough spot to be in when you uh, don't realize that it's being asked to you and then it's in a different language. I uh, can't imagine. Yeah, and like a language you probably know at least a little bit about. So you're, like, you're picking up words here and there and you're like, I because uh, like that's the thing. It's not just like, well, I can't understand it at all, so I'm not going to pay any attention. It's he's still paying attention because I'm sure he knows at least some of those. And he's like that this and he's trying to actually figure it Compute out. Compute it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so that makes it a whole lot harder. No, that's like me trying to pay attention in AP Spanish in high school, like not knowing what the heck's going on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so. My first one comes from uh, the governor, 
Governor Cuomo. He <laughs> says, great playing tonight by the New York Islanders in a well-played and exciting game. Owners John Ledecky and Scott Malkin and the incredible team showed us that nothing beats a good hockey game. Hashtag Isles. I don't care if you like Andrew Cuomo. I don't care if you dislike Andrew Cuomo. I am just laughing at that individual statement being <laughs> wrong wrong time, dude. You could have you couldn't have tweeted that out after one of their ten wins in chose after they lose in overtime in a game that could they could have advanced in to be like, Oh yeah, let me t- let me tweet about my buddies that I do business with and uh go from there. Do you think he had it scheduled thinking they'd lock it in? If so, that's a bad job. Yeah. That's bad. You can't let that happen, man. Someone's got to. So here's my. I wrote about it today, and I included other times in in history where there's been awkward stuff when politicians on both sides of the aisle. Again, equal opportunity offender here. <laughs> um, so I am putting myself out there to be hired by any politician that would like consultation on sports and if what they are doing should be a filmed. Or B, firing out a tweet after a loss. I am willing to be your consultant on that. There you go. Matt putting out his services. Good old LinkedIn profile update right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Updating it right after this podcast. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, my next one comes from uh, Tom Gulitti. Uh, I, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, he writes for the NHL. Uh, so he says, full quote from Vigneault on Barzal. So as we know, Barzal took a stick right under the eye uh, from yep. Claude Giroux. No, no penalty, and we can talk about that later, although I'm sure we'll talk about it on, on the uh, on the mailbag show. So like, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, uh, where we're going to do a mailbag right after this, and we'll definitely talk about what happened uh, last night. Anyways, so he says, he being Vigneault, I have no concern about Barzal. I came up in the elevator with him last night. I was hope I was happy to see and talk to him and see it was nothing serious. That could have been a really bad accident, but fortunately the young man is all right. I don't know how I feel about a, another coach talking about our player's condition, whether it's I, a, a good update or not. I was going to say that and I don't think he like I don't think he did it purposely. I just think it was like Oh, like I saw him, like, thank God he's okay kind of thing. Like, not really thinking. But we got more. I was going to use that one, but I'm looking for another one. Um, I I love how we're getting more information out of the opposing team's coach than we are with our own coach. Like, Barry Trotz wouldn't even go that far. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like that. Like, he could have said all of this without saying, I have no concern about Barzal. Right? You can say, I came up in the elevator with him last night. I was happy to see him talk with him and see nothing. there was nothing serious. Which is what we've already heard, right? Like, we've heard everything. Like, he's okay. Like, he didn't lose an eye, everyone. But we don't know if he's playable yet. You can still get that implication here. But he says, I have no concern about Barzal. That says, like, I'm not worried about him being in the lineup. Maybe he means I have no concern about him losing his eye. But I still don't don't like that he commented on it. I could just say, I, I would just like him to say, like, he looks okay. But like we'll see, like what the New York Islanders do, they'll they'll start, like or nothing, just nothing at all. So like I have no idea. You don't need to say anything. It just get his name out of your mouth, really. It's really I get, my concern here. I get where you're coming from. I just where my stance on it. I don't want there to be less candidacy from uh, players and coaches in the league. So I, I, I'm more about openness and talking about different things because usually we we get the you know cliche hockey answers and i and i usually like to get a little bit different answers in interviews 
That's fair. That I didn't. I didn't consider that. That that's fair. Because with this whole Lula Amarela regime, uh, I, I don't get any. I, I I've tried to speak to agents, player agents, and they're like, "You gotta go. You gotta go through Lou, buddy." You're like, "Lou won't talk to me, obviously, because he doesn't talk to anyone." Uh, so like, great. I got nothing. Uh, so you're right. Okay. I I will walk that back a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for cooling me down. Absolutely. Last one for me is you might have seen on Twitter after. Um, when sometimes people fire off the uh, the dancing Butch Goring video, yes. which I believe is after the 1981 championship, if I remember correctly. I think that that sounds about right. Anyway, um, AJ Malesko and uh, Shannon Hogan tried to recreate it in the pregame show, and it was phenomenal. So go on AJ, AJ Malesko's Twitter account, at AJ Malesko, and uh, you can see the video of them attempting to do the Butchie dance, which is just Laugh out loud, funny. Lo- love that from the uh, pregame show. Yeah, I-, I don't want to throw any shade at them because, like, I can't dance. So, like, good good on them for trying it. Good moves from Butch, I suppose. I don't know what the hell he was doing. I don't know if that was a dance style at that time, but, like, Who knows? It-, it looks certainly weird. Yep, 100%. It's, uh, it- it- I like that stuff. It's it's fun. It's okay to have fun in, in sports. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> it's not always serious. Yes, exactly. Anything else, Mitch? I've got nothing. All right. So that's going to do it for episode 159. We'll be back at you real soon, hopefully talking about something good. And uh, we'll see. For episode 160, it's going to be a big show. But for now, we'll leave it at, uh, well, the plugs first. Can't forget that. So wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. Really helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it a ton. You could also check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you post game shows, a mailbag show, uh, a live stream, and a whole bunch of other content over there. And a nice community of Islanders fans that can go without saying. Uh, really, really fun time over there. So if you're interested, check it out, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You can follow us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can download our app available for iPhone or Android. And of course, you can visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode 159 in the books. It was a fun one, man. We'll be right back at it soon. Yes, let's go, Islanders. That'll do it for us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.